Mondays, everybody! It is officially November, which means it is Christmas o'clock. Look, there's a snowman, there's the Mary sign, there's a Christmas wreath, the lights are red and white. You're welcome, everyone. Happy Honda days. Welcome to Respawn Aim Fire, the kick-ass irreverent gaming podcast brought to you by Affable Idiots. I am one of your hosts, Chad Michael Christmas Ennis. With me here, I've got Adam Silly Putty newspaper print Gumby. Okay, that's not where I went. I would have also accepted flipping the bean Gumbert, but that's fine. We can flipping uh, that Christmas bean. We can ignore that. Uh, oh yeah, I just, I hope everyone gets that. I just wish, first of all, that anyone watched immediately after we hit go live. Somebody's just like tap on it. I need to see whatever funny, hilarious Christmas bean joke they make. I hope somebody saw that and recognized it. And then now I also hope that they, they um. Go back and watch the live stream for a week somewhere on Twitch and tell us about Christmas the beans bean. from that Christmas movie with the Muppets. Uh, we have so much stuff to talk about, and by that I mean we've got a few things to talk about today. Some games, some cool stuff, some weird stuff, some Spider-Man stuff. All of that coming up. Uh, first of all, you can catch us, twitch.tv slash idiots live on Sunday evenings, usually around 8.30. We're a little later, uh, sorry, 8.30 Eastern time. We're a little later tonight. Because Adam got to do a cool guest spot on another podcast, which I'm sure he'll tell you about right now. Adam, what'd you do? I'll talk about it later. Ooh. No, I was on Left Behind Game Club with Jacob McCourt and Mike Ruffalo. That episode will be coming out in a couple weeks. It's about Dead Cells. Oh. We talked all about Dead Cells and the great game that Dead Cells is. So check that out. Coming up soon, Left Behind Game Club. Jacob's great people. He did Far Cry 6 review with us. So I went on his podcast and returned a favor. Great time. Dope. If you can't wait several weeks to hear that, you can hear more of Adam on our normal weekly everyday podcast, which comes out on Tuesday mornings. Right now. And right now. with your, If you just continue listening to this, I swear Adam's going to talk a lot more. Uh, get shot on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, YouTube podcast services. We haven't mentioned this in a while. Actually, I think we mentioned it last week. Go to YouTube and subscribe to us. You know, just do it. That's our, that's our grown-up free. Christmas wish. You know that song? No more lives torn apart and wars would never start. It's like the grown-up version of Christmas Shoes. And time is that Chris Daughtry? All hearts. This is my grown-up Christmas list. I don't remember who the, uh, the artist <laughs> is. But that's our grown-up Christmas list. We want for you to go to youtube.com slash type in Responding Fire and then it will lead you to our channel because we don't have a vanity name yet because you guys don't love us enough. And go there and a hundred of you just click that button. Click the fucking button. It's free. You don't even have to click the bell. We don't care if you click the bell to get alerted to new videos. We just we just want a vanity name. That's all we want. And we'll wait for you to do that right now. Perfect. Thank you so much. I think they did it. Uh, yeah. mm -hmm. Trouble at Blizzard today? Who knows? We're going to talk about it. Spider-Man? And seven-day tease? Ah, what's going on with Mass Effect? But first, we're going to focus on our main quest here, which is all about more Blizzard stuff. Blizzard, as you know, is part of Activision Blizzard, which is weird that like that's still like a hyphenate, like Bandai Namco. Remember when Bandai Namco used to be Namco Bandai? And then they're like, one yeah, of us won the it war. For no reason at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, delays and more trouble from Blizzard. Uh, this is information coming to you by way of IGN.com. A couple of things to note is the first is a few delays. Overwatch 2 and Diablo 4 are both being delayed, which was revealed during an earnings report. Excuse me. Both of them were um, 
were expected to come out in 2022. The official release date that was published for Diablo 4 was 2022 at the earliest. Overwatch 2 looked like it was pretty certain like it was going to come next year. But now both of them are actually being delayed to at least 2023 or beyond. Um, this is part of that earnings call. Here's a quote from it. These are two of the most eagerly anticipated titles in the industry, and our teams have made great strides toward completion in recent quarters, Activision Blizzard said. Quote, but we believe giving the teams some extra time to complete production and continue growing their creative resources to support the titles after launch will ensure that these releases delight and engage their communities for many years in the future. Are you looking forward to either of these games, Adam? I'm looking forward to Diablo 4 tentatively. Okay. I believe that's the word for it. Uh, Diablo's fine. Like, I don't, I'm not doing backflips out of my chair for mm -hmm. it, but I did kind of want to play Diablo 4. That video I was like, ooh, that looks cool. That intro video? Um, yeah, it was fucking bad. So, yes, I'm interested for one of these. I do not play Overwatch. So, gotcha. Yeah, I uh, Overwatch 2 is something that, like, I'll, I'll play probably three or four times in my lifetime after it comes out sometime. And Diablo 4, V, looking forward to that. Uh, very into it. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm not super upset by either of these delays. I think we've seen with like Cyberpunk, like delay your game if it needs to be delayed. And also, there's a lot of turbulence going on at Activision Blizzard right now, as we'll hear about in a second. Some more, like maybe these things need a little bit more time to cook, or maybe these teams need to focus on some things that aren't necessarily getting the game that's in front of them done, and maybe you know, I don't know, building a healthier, safer place for them to work so that they can get their work done better. So maybe there are some other focuses. I think that's exactly that. what it is. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all of this, I, I thought it was weird when it first was announced that they were getting delayed to 2023 or beyond. I thought it was weird because they hadn't really announced a date at all. Like Diablo 4 was 2022 at the earliest, was like verbatim what they said. And I was like, that's really weird. Why are they even announcing a delay for something that really wasn't even concrete? But then it made sense that it was part of an earnings report so that stockholders can know, hey, by the way, we're not going to have an increase in sales next year because we won't have any new software ready for it. So made sense after that. Mm. Second story here, kind of in that same vein of some turbulence at Blizzard, Blizzard co-leader Jen O'Neill is stepping down. Um, O'Neill was part of the Vicarious Visions team that was acquired by Activision not too long ago. And in August was promoted to co-leader of Blizzard following, uh, along with Mikey Barra, uh, following President, J sorry, following President J. Allen Breck's resignation in August. Um, Breck resigning was one of the focal points of the California lawsuit that's open against them for uh, sex discrimination in the workplace. And so after three months, Jen is, is taking off Here's a quote. It says, I'm doing this not because I am without hope for Blizzard. Quite the opposite. I'm inspired by the passion of everyone here, working towards meaningful, lasting change with their whole hearts, O'Neill wrote. This is energy. This energy has inspired me to step out and explore how I can do more, how I can do more to have games and diversity intersect and hopefully make a broader industry impact that will benefit Blizzard and other studios as well. So Jen is uh, leaving Blizzard to go work full-time at I believe it's a nonprofit called Women in Games. Women in Games or Women in Gaming? I can't remember which one, but one of those two titles. Uh, and Blizzard is actually granting a million dollars to that uh, Women in Games as she leaves to go um, contribute to it. So she's heading out to try to make a difference and make an impact. My, uh, what's your what's your whole take on this, Adam? Like she's been in this role for three months, co-leader. Now Mikey Barra is the only leader of Blizzard in the middle of all of this kind of 
troubling, lack of diversity, times, sex offense, all this kind of stuff. What's your take on it? Uh, I feel these two stories are very closely related, obviously. Just I, Blizzard, Activision Blizzard is just, they're going through it, man. It's been a rough year, uh, say the least. Like, I guess I'm sure she's here. She's seeing everything that's going on. She's like, yeah, I'm going to, this is not great, but I want to take this situation and make it into a more positive thing for everybody. So, yeah, I don't, it's that thing where it's like, oh, you got to stay and make the change. It's like, you know, the change is going to get made. I, I want to see it in more places. And also, I just don't think you'd want to be attached to this company, to be honest with you. Like, if you can go somewhere else, and do greater things like just not being it i'd want to leave here period if it was me you know i'm not an executive of company i don't know how it works but being attached to a place that has these kind of issues doesn't seem like a good thing so if you can turn that into helping people i i, I understand getting out completely and that's why all these games are getting delayed that's why this trouble this company is having trouble uh and it's completely on you know them ignoring all those things for years and years on end so you know good for uh for jen and i hope mikey barra has a good time and hope he can be part of the change there but it's it's a mess dude i don't know how long it's gonna take for this blizzard thing to like not blow over but like get back to normal because i see game delays and people leaving and people getting upset and lawsuits that stuff's gonna be around for a while yeah. so it's gonna be a, a rough couple i of years imagine probably. the california lawsuit's gonna be around for a couple of years probably um and then of course after that there i'm sure there's gonna be appeals and all that kind of weird shit but I'm, I had an interesting thought today that I don't know if they're necessarily related, like the hostile work environment, the, the, um, the, you know, the sexual misconduct, all that stuff. I don't know if they're related to Jen leaving. I wonder if she had such a prominent role at Vicarious Visions, they got acquired. And part of when all the, like when smaller companies get acquired by like big thing, big corporations, part of it is like. Everyone there has to agree, like, yes, I would like to work at this new place. And if you don't want to work in that new place, then you get, like, a very generous severance package. And you're like, cool, thank you. And I wonder if Jen, like, maybe didn't necessarily want to work at Activision Blizzard. And maybe was like, oh, I'll give it a shot. And then, like, kind of wanted to leave. And they were like, hey, instead of leaving, what if we just, like, give you this co-leadership position as a way to, like, try and keep her around and, and promote her and, and try to, like, throw money at her to stay? And like she, I'm sure maybe they pitched her even a, hey, if you want to make positive change, like what better way to do it than, you know, as head of Blizzard from the inside of the company and you can promote that change. And I'm sure after three months, she, I'm not sure. I'm guessing maybe after three months, she's like, you know what? I can make more change across the entire industry elsewhere than I can here. And I never really wanted to be here anyway. So maybe she's just like saying, I gave it a shot. Activision Blizzard wasn't where I wanted to work anyway, so I don't know. That could be one thing that I considered today that's not necessarily like being super cynical and critical of everything that's going on at Activision Blizzard, but just like trying to think maybe she just didn't want to work there and they were just trying to keep her around as yeah, long as I possible. Mean, yeah, you see that all the time where companies merge or like, you know, this is what we're doing. Someone gets bought by somebody else and the, they're like, oh, we agreed to this deal. And then it seems like they almost had a contract where after nine months, they're allowed to leave because then everyone at the top of that company that got acquired is yeah. gone. That's why I was so worried when Microsoft bought Double Fine. I'm like, I hope Tim Schafer doesn't leave, but he actually seems happy. So that's awesome. But you'll see all the time where it's like, yeah, we bought these people. We're bringing in this name, this name, this name. And then a year later, oh, this name, this name, this name left to go start their own new company. So it's like, so now you have the name of the old company, but not the people who made it special. Yeah. So you're right. That might 100% could be a thing where she was like, you know, I liked Vicarious Visions, 
give me my money and I'm, I'm out. Yeah. So you're, you're absolutely right. That is a thing that happens a lot. A lot of uh, when you get acquired too in, in those big corporate spaces, like a, a lot of the times it comes with large amounts of restricted stock, which, you know, vests after a certain amount of time. So it could possibly be that, hey, she had to stick around for two years before all of that stock vested. And now that it's finally hers and she has the full thing. She's like, cool, peace. Later. I'm going to go do some other fun stuff. Give me my money. Yep. <laughs> Uh, but I'm uh, I'm excited because there, honestly, there is a lot more that she can do on the broader industry in women in games, like being able to impact, like consult for other companies who are trying to get their act together, to be able to to lobby companies to do the right thing, to help empower women and people of color to uh, bolster their resumes and feel confident and learn how to apply in, themselves in these positions, and so uh, that's a that's a a big task that she's taking on that I feel like she can have a huge impact with that position more so than she could at a toxic company that is just one of hundreds in the industry. Agree. Anything else about Blizzard? Activision Blizzard? No, well, I hope it gets better. I'm I have to so. keep reading because I was, you know, making the doc and I was like, oh boy, this is like one of the bigger things and I wish I didn't have to report on this, but here we are. So I just hope things get better. I do too. All those people there. Like, there are so many people employed by Activision Blizzard, even though they keep laying off more and more people all the time and have record profits. But, like, I just want them to be able to do their jobs and make great games and be happy while they do it. Can't wait for that to happen. There's only one name that I want to be gone, and then I'll be very happy. Yeah. guess who that is. Bobby Kodak. Bobby Kodak. Get out of here. No one gives yeah. a shit that you took a low salary. Yeah, after he's already made $500 million right. at Activision. Shut up. Oh my God. <laughs> <You> fucking idiot. <laughs> Uh, let's move on to playtime. We talked about what we played this week. You played a couple of things, including Haunted Mansion, Adam. I did tell play us, the Haunted Mansion. Us. God. So everyone knows this joke, right? Um, Jeff Keighley. Was it E3 or was it, was it opening, opening Night, Night Live? Live it was the most was... important announcement. It was how they closed the show was this announcement. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Keighley said, all right, here's all these cool video games and all, but hey, I'm also going to be in Disney's Muppets Haunted Mansion. Check me out in October. <laughs> yeah. And we made fun of Jeff Keighley for this. And then, you know, I've been watching things. It's like, oh, Game Awards is a month away. I was like, you know what? And this was this was about a week ago, you know, because spooky time. So, you know what? I got nothing to do. Let me watch the Muppets Haunted Mansion. And so I watched Muppets Haunted Mansion featuring Jeff Keighley. Um, he's one of the nine human beings in that movie. So he is kind of a big deal, I suppose. Um and I like the movie. It's pretty fun. It's a fun little little, little Halloween time thing. Uh, but yeah, he was very unrecognizable. I had to wait till the end of the credits and then had to go back and see who he was. He is a head. He's like a bust, like a you know like that you know like a stone bust. And yep. I think it's like he's the one that's knocked over. I think is the one that he is. So yeah, Jeff Keighley's in that movie. I just told you before we recorded, like I didn't I didn't recognize him when I watched it. I was like, I thought Jeff Keighley was in this. Where is he? I was looking for him, and then I got to the credits and it showed him in makeup. I was like, oh that oh. Okay, still don't know where he was, but now I know what he looked like. Yeah, I enjoyed that he was movie. On the ground, so th I truth. Yeah, I was fun. Truth. I've never seen anything Muppets related except for Muppet Babies cartoon when I was little, because Muppets themselves mm. kind of freak me out, and they're just kind of like weird and terrifying. So this was my first Muppets thing, and it was pretty good. They're still a little creepy to me, but it's pretty good. A little bit. 
I noticed the voice of Kermit's different now, but I think he's been a different actor like four years at this point. What you should do is, I we made the joke at the beginning, but Muffet's Christmas, Christmas Carol is actually a very good movie. Okay. You should watch that. Even with the the flipping the beans, it's still a great movie. <laughs> Check it out. Okay. Uh, Christmas Beans. Uh, outside of that, more Fractured Butthole. Just getting through more of the story of that. Game is ridiculous. Love it. Um, I just had the part where I had to talk to Mr. Mackey about being a cisgendered male. That was a great time. Because uh, just... <laughs> Oh God, it's so good. And then I played uh, some more Dead Cells. Why'd you play Dead Cells? Well, because of Left Behind Game Club. What? Left Behind Game Club? I feel like we've never heard of that before. Tell us all about it. I know. Jacob McCourt had me on Left Behind Game Club to talk about Dead Cells, which is a a book club video game podcast. And we talked about Dead Cells, and it was a great time. And check that out coming out in a couple weeks. We'll, We'll keep you posted. But Dead Cells is fucking great. Oh man, that game is so good. Is it? So, I, don't, I, don't. I forgot. Oh my I've god, I totally yeah. forgot Have about that played? game. And I, that's it's a rogue. First of all, roguelike. It's a Metroidvania rogue versus roguelike. I don't know the difference. I don't care to learn the difference right now. But it's one of those I games, can tell right? You. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, it's a rogue light. Rogue light. Because you don't lose all your progress when you die. A rogue like you lose everything. A rogue light you keep stuff. Oh, that's the difference. Okay, so like Hades is a rogue light. Rogue, you would lose everything. But yes, Binding of Isaac is a rogue light because you lose everything and you have to restart. And they're all. I never played Binding Isaac, but I'm. All of this is like referencing a game called Rogue, right? Called Rogue, yeah. Okay. From like 1986 or whatever, okay. some nonsense like that. Um, now you know. Yes, it's very good because it's 2D Metroid, but roguelite. Well, fuck. So, now I'm good. interested. I'm gonna add that to my and it's on Game Black Pass. Friday game list. Oh, we're gonna add it's Game, game Pass, Pass itself to my Black Friday list because I gotta redo that subscription. Oh yeah, that's right. You you let it lapse. That's right. Yep. But yeah, I played those two games and watched that one movie. I've been watching more things. We'll get to that later, but. Yes, I've had a pretty solid week of watching and playing video games. Nice, dude. Nice. I played three new-ish things this week. Um, First was Mario Party Superstars. I had, on Wednesday night, I had invited a few people over to my apartment. We were just going to hang out and play board games and stuff like that. And then Holden texts our group chat and says, Hey, did anyone pick up Mario Party Superstars? And I'm like, fuck. I'm sure that would be fun to play with this group coming over on Wednesday. So I bought Mario Party Superstars. And we had a freaking blast, Adam. This game is good. It is good. And we didn't even drink anything. And we were screaming and having fun at 11 o'clock at night, like shouting at each other about stars. We happened to play. It was the most, like the highest difficulty rating map on the game. It was the... The haunted one with like the booze everywhere and whatever the fuck. Muppets Haunted Mansion. Muppets Haunted Mansion. <laughs> Jeff Keighley style. Yeah, you get if you choose that one, there's a button combination you put in on the start screen and you get to play as Jeff Keighley. Um, oh, nice. No, it's it's freaking great. Uh, obviously, it's like the best content from all of the games. Therefore, it's mostly the early games, which is good. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a freaking blast. And there were five of us here and one of the guys was like, I don't want to play. I don't want to play. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, I hate Mario Party games. I was like, okay, you want to play something else instead? He's like, no, I want to watch you guys play. By the end of the night, he mm. literally said, man, I regret that because that looked like so much freaking fun. <laughs> I like to hear this, man, yes. because the last one that came, yeah, the one that came on Switch before, not great. No, did not like that game a lot. Um, it was a big old stinky pants, but this one, <laughs> Mario Party, are, they are fun. 
They're definitely so. I'm, they're just like, yo, greatest hits. I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. Um, we are. There's going to be a let's play for Pixel Street Pals on or Pixel Street Podcast on their YouTube uh, tomorrow night. Holden, me, Matt, and John Hansen from Pixel Street will all be playing Mario Party Superstars together. So that'll be up maybe sometime in the next week. Maybe it's streamed live too. I don't know. I think he's streamed. I don't know. But look out for that. We'll we'll retweet it or announce it, whatever it is, to check that out. Um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint had a free weekend this weekend, and Dallas guilted us into playing it. So Brent and Dallas and I played um, like two hours of that. And it's a game that if you skip all the tutorials and you don't listen to what anyone says... It's frustrating as hell because that's what we did because we're talking and we're having fun and we're giggling and we don't want to care about any any person with like a bunch of little Jack Sparrow beard knots is saying. And obviously we just want to go there <laughs> yeah, and okay. we want to kill John Barenthal, who I thought was a good guy until I found out in this game he's a bad guy. And mm. John Barenthal, a.k.a. The Punisher, a.k.a. he came out on stage with his dog at E3 to tell us about this game. And so we were playing it and we spent, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour and 15 minutes and there's no map marker. The objective just says interrogate enemy officers to learn about where what's his face might be. And it, it like it just anywhere, fucking anywhere. And you don't know what enemy officers mm. look like. And you don't know how to interrogate people. And we like kill them. We grab people. And when you grab them, all you can do is knock them out. You can't interrogate them. And we tried like holding holding them up Metal Gear Solid style with a gun, and they just ended up shooting at us. And we're like, what the fuck do we do? And just we're going from little outpost to outpost. Nothing fucking happening. Then I did a little YouTubing, and apparently it's a very big thing that nobody knows how to interrogate people because there are a thousand articles and 20 YouTube videos about how to interrogate people. And you have to look for mm. people with a little tiny eye icon above their head, which doesn't immediately show up unless you look at them for a second or two, and then they have a little eye. You got to mark them. Yep. So yep. Uh, we finally found one of those guys, and he's like, ooh, he's been seen somewhere in this province. And you zoom out on the map, and it's like an entire fucking huge map is that province. And you're like, well, damn it. Now we got to go there and find another eye person. And we just happened to, st like an hour and a half later, we happened to stumble onto this big airbase where this person, where John Barenthal was. And we were there. And it, like, as soon as we get it, it's like difficult area, level 50 recommended. And we were level six. And mm -hmm. uh, we fought our way through. We got all the way to John Barenthal. And we had a little cutscene. And we think that, like, literally the first mission we tried to do was the very last mission of the game. Because it was then a boss fight with him and a bunch of other guys that were all one-hit KOing us, and we never beat him. And we tried, like, ten times. We are like, let's just give up and play something else. So, mm. um, yeah, that game was really bad. I did not enjoy my time with it until we got to the airbase. And then, like, sneaking around and trying to take out everyone in the airbase, and you have to kill this giant tank monster droid thing. Like, that was really fun. Like, I had a great time playing that. But, like, trying to figure out where the fuck to go and who to interrogate and how to find my target, I was like, nah. Nah, pass. Funny, the minute you started the story, because I've played actually a decent amount of Breakpoint, because I got it for free, actually, which was oh, a weird thing. Cool. Um, and I was like, oh, the, they're going to look for John Barenthal, not realizing that's the last thing you're supposed to do in the <laughs> game. Because like, I've already, because I had played the game a decent amount and I wasn't high enough level to fight John Barenthal. So I'm like, I know these guys aren't going to be able to kill him. So I was waiting for that part to come up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, Wildlands is better for sure. Um, Breakpoint is like it's so much. It's so much like a six, where it's like I think if you have friends and you know what you're doing, it can be fun. Because like you said, invading bases and stuff is cool. Like when you like make your plan and everyone links up and stuff. But mm -hmm. 
those moments are so few and far between. That game's really not worth it, to be honest with you. Nice. I won't play it then, and I won't pay for it. I don't understand the question, and I won't respond to it. And then finally, (laughs) God of War Ascension. Which is like why universally the gaming industry like poo poos on this game, and I mean for for good reason. Like fighting the Furies is nowhere near as interesting as like killing every single Greek god that exists and demigod and all this kind of stuff. But I have my PS3 still hooked up from Prince of Persia because last month our barf game was Prince of Persia. So go back and listen to us talk about our impressions of that game and how difficult it was to play and why we abandoned it, even though we kind of liked it. Um. So I had my PS3 still hooked up and my Xbox Series X is just disconnected sitting on a table. I was like, you know, before I put this PS3 back into the Disney vault, God of War Ascension is the only God of War game I haven't gotten a platinum trophy in. Mm-hmm. And so I went to PSN profiles. I looked it up. I was like, all right, what trophies do I have left? And it turns out in 2014, I did the hardest one, which was complete the game on hard mode. And I did a ton of them. And I only had like five trophies left. It's like two collectibles somewhere in the game. I had to like use a club to hit somebody off a ledge. And then I have to go, I have to do two. There are two like almost like obstacle courses in this thing. One of them is sliding and jumping and, and, and traversing. And then one of them is like riding an elevator up to the top. And I have to do those without getting hit by fire or without falling off the obstacle course. So I was like, you know what? This game is eight hours total. Like, you can beat the game in eight hours. I'm just going to put it on easy mode. I'm going to blast it in the ass for a couple of hours. I'm, like, four hours in. I'm halfway through the game. Uh, I just have, like, three trophies left. So, yeah, I'm going to Platinum God of War Ascension probably in the next two days. And then officially put my PS3 into hypersleep. And put my Series X back on the wall. Interesting. Was there... That game had multiplayer, right? It did. And I don't know whether the multiplayer trophies got patched out, but the only one that's in there was complete the multiplayer tutorial, which I had not done. So I had to do that right off the bat. You can tell how much I enjoyed the multiplayer because I literally didn't even try it. Um, So yeah, luckily there weren't anything that was like impossible to get now. Okay. Because yeah, if there was like a like play 10 matches, I'm like, there's literally three people online. I can't do this trophy. Yeah. I can't do this At trophy. At that point, I would like <laughs> try to con somebody online into like, somebody please, dear God, load up Ascension and match make with me. That's it. That's all I played. Um, Interesting week. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really itching. So Matt has started playing Bioshock again. I think he's going for those platies because he's mm-hmm. doing a hard mode run. Or, no, it's it's not hard. It's whatever the one after hard is called. He's doing that run without using Vita Chambers, which are like the respawn things on Bioshock oh, yeah. 1. And it's like, fuck, now I want to go back and play all three of those games. So I think, I'm, I think also, right after I get done to God of War, I think I'm going to do, put, again, put it on easy and just blast through all three of those games in the ass. A lot of ass blasting. Lots of ass blasting. You know, the fractured butthole got me all... <laughs> Got me all on the ass blasting. Let's talk about blasting off into space with our quest log, starting with Mass Effect teaser for N7 Day. This comes from Eddie McCooch at GameSpot. Today is November 7th. That is N7 Day. It is traditionally a day of fun to be had for the whole Mass Effect community and often Mass Effect announcements. And so as part of BioWare's N7 Day festivities, they released one piece of art on their Twitter account. Uh, for the next Mass Effect game, which we already know is in development. 
And it is a, a crater on an alien world, a massive crater. You can tell based on the scale compared to the vehicle and the people in it. Uh, there's some, some clues that you can gain from it. If you zoom in real close to this thing, I mean real close, you can see the ship in the foreground. It's not the Normandy ship. It is something with the letters SFX. Maybe it's someone who's really into sound effects. Um, and that's printed on it. And then there are multiple characters that appear to be maybe a Krogan, a Turian, and an Asari. And then the teaser art also suggests that maybe Geth will factor into the story in some capacity uh, as the crewmates appear to be walking towards a Geth's remains. Super interested in this. I expected like one piece of art with like a, a couple little tiny ants on it was not what I expected for like a Bioware tease on N7 day. Usually it's a little bit more than that, but I'll take it. Piece of art's very pretty, especially if you like click on the full it resolution is. one. Pretty. Oh, fuck. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to um, add that to my Black Friday list. Pick up the Legendary Collection. Oh, yeah. I think it's actually on sale today because it's N7 day. I think it's on sale. I saw that, Maybe but I want to wait for Black Friday just in case it drops lower. <laughs> Yeah, go a little bit lower. Yeah, it's just it's just a piece of art, but it's beautiful, and I'm very ready for this next Mass Effect game. Um, I've liked all of them. Even Andromeda has like fun parts to it. It's fine or whatever. But yeah, them them coming back and just at the at the bottom of this picture again, beautiful picture. Mass Effect will continue. Mass Effect will continue in Avengers: Ultra, Age of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> Commander Shepard will return in Ant Man Three. <laughs> Big ol' updates on Elden Ring, y'all. This game is coming out in February. It's gonna get overlooked by me, at least temporarily, because of Destiny 2 Witch Queen. But Adam Bankhurst at IGN tells us, during this reveal, there were five playable classes that Elden Ring has showed us. Who knows if they're the only classes, but you could play as a warrior, an enchanted knight, a prophet, a champion, or a bloody wolf. These have been uh, revealed ahead of its closed network test, which is taking place next week, the 12th of the 14th. And the official Twitter account shared uh, that the class names shared these class names and some Im images of what your character would look like if you choose them. Again, the game is coming out February 25th. That is the week after my birthday. So now you all know my birthday. Do with that information what you will. There's no mention as to whether these are the only classes. Um, no further details were given, but we can look back at previous From Software games and see that Dark Souls had 10, Dark Souls 2 had 8, Dark Souls 3 had 10, Bloodborne had 9, so you could probably assume that there are going to be a lot of options out there, and maybe these five aren't the only ones. Adam decided, I'm not going to be a little nerd and watch this 15-minute gameplay I woke up and it was literally the first thing that I did in bed on my phone was watch 15 minutes of Elden Ring because it was sitting there waiting in my text messages for me to watch it. I watched seven and a half minutes and was like, I don't need to watch this. <laughs> then turned it off. Um, um, so yeah, they, they, this, was, this uh, thing about the classes was separate from the actual gameplay. Yeah. But this is just a bunch of Elden Ring news. Um, yeah, how'd you feel about the 15 minutes of gameplay, I guess? Because you actually wanted to watch it. So I was very aroused. I was very aroused. I, I enjoy Ooh. From Software games a lot. Demon Souls, Bloodborne. Again, I played Demon Souls back when it was cool before Dark Souls existed. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah. so yeah, Demon Souls, Bloodborne. I beat everything but the final boss in Dark Souls 3. Uh, I'm, in, I'm into these games. Um, so Elden Ring looked attractive to me but i was never really like 
let's go because I I don't know I don't know why but then I saw this and now I'm like let's go because the the enemy designs in this thing are freaking batshit crazy and I'm so here for it dragon heads are everywhere they're on regular dragons they are the arms of enemies like there was this one enemy whose arm was literally a dragon head and it's like fucking breathing fire everywhere mm. you have spells that like summon a dragon head in front of you and shoot fire and shit I did see that. Yep. That was cool. The spells. Oh my gosh. All the magic looks so fucking cool in this game, which is like, you know, the magic has always been your standard D&D stuff, like, you know, the magic arrow and, you know, fireball and all that kind of stuff. But th like this shit looks cool as fuck. Uh, so yeah, I am V aroused in this game. The open world stuff looks really cool. I'm into it 100%. After I beat Witch Queen, I'll dive into this thing. Actually, after I beat Witch Queen, then I have to go back and play Horizon Forbidden West, and then I'll play mm. this game. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, for me, I'm 50-50 on From Software, where I did like Bloodborne a lot. Sekiro seems like something I like, but I tried those Souls games and could not get into them at all. This one, I don't know. Again, I'm also 50-50 on this, where I like the idea of the open world, but again, I only watched half that video, and I was not impressed. It was Ooh. just like, all right, you walk around. Seems kind of empty. The thing that made me turn it off was when he was talking to a pot. The pot didn't have a mouth. Uh, yeah. And he was yeah. like, oh, knock me out of the hole. Oh, I'll be fine. It's like, who the fuck is there <laughs> dude in the pot? Oh, it's the pot talking, but he doesn't animate. I was just like, okay, I'll watch this later. So, but again, it depends on gameplay. Like if it plays like this from games I like, I'll give it a chance. But uh, that video did, that half of that video didn't do anything for me. But I mean, people are going to love this game and they're going to have a great time. Yeah. So you can jump in this game. They showed people jumping, which is something that you haven't really been able to do. Dub, 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 dub. All right, we've got uh, a couple more, uh, well, a handful more stories in our quest log. The first one, Spider-Man, the good, the bad, and the Spider-Man of Marvel's Avengers from GameSpot. All this information coming to you as, uh, from the GameStop Confusion League called GameSpot. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yes. here's some information, all kind of like disjointed information, just kind of packaged together in one thing. So, um, a little bit ago, Marvel's, Marvel's Avengers decided we're going to start offering consumables. You could pay real money to get these consumable materials and shit like that. Next be boost and all that fun stuff. Um, and everybody was like, Whoa, what the fuck are you doing? That's going to help me progress my people faster. And now it's going to be pay to win. Uh, and so now they are taking a step back and they're saying, sorry, we're going to undo that. Uh, this is a, a Quote from them, we apologize for not responding sooner to your concerns about the addition of paid consumables in the marketplace. The statement reads, we introduced them as an option for an evolving player base and did not see them as pay to win since they don't offer power directly. We hope that this can be the first step in rebuilding your confidence in us as a team. The statement reads, in addition, new patch launching November 30th with spider-man joining as the new playstation exclusive hero and you know what there's a lot less controversy around him being playstation exclusive now that people realize they don't want to play the game anymore so i don't give a shit yeah. if he's on an xbox because i don't want to play it anyway <laughs> you can fucking have spider-man <laughs> exactly um so yeah spider-man's coming november 30th uh, it's going to be, un there's a new story around him as well, which some people were like, oh gosh, I'm worried if this is going to be, uh, it's going to be called Spider-Man with great power. And we all know the end of that quote, uh, teased on the Marvel Avengers blog, Spider-Man's in-game story will center around partnering with the Avengers team to stop AIM's plan for an unstoppable synthoid army. 
Sound familiar? Does it sound like all More the other robots. fucking content in the game? Exactly the same? Stopping a bunch of stupid robots that are boring and all the same? Bet it's going to be more of that. Uh, the patch also includes a new four-player raid called the Claw Raid. Obviously, the new Claw villain is the antagonist in the raid, uh, and you can earn super high-end gear by defeating him at the end of that raid. That's all coming into the month, November 30th. Hope you're pumped. I'm going to load it up for 30 minutes. I'm going to choose Spider-Man as my character. I'm going to watch a cutscene or two, decide if I like it or not, and then I will play what is, I'm sure to be just a reskinned Black Widow as Spider-Man because she already had the we traversing. Yep, yep. We got to know, man. <laughs> um, one more piece of Marvel's Avengers news here. Square Enix um, also doesn't like the game and says that <laughs> Square Enix president has commented on Marvel's Avengers saying that the game was not as successful as the company wanted it to be for a variety of reasons. That being said, the company said it will continue to develop games of service titles, though it will be it will seemingly bore me it will seemingly be more discerning in selecting the right studio for the right project. Here are a couple of things. One is Yosuke Matsuda said in Square Enix's latest annual report that the game faced a quote variety of unexpected difficulties in the final stages of its development at Crystal Dynamics. This included the obvious COVID transition work from home. Um, Matsuda also said this team overcame the challenges, but the game was, quote, unfortunately not proven as successful as we would have liked. Another quote here says, while the new challenge that we tackled with this title produced a disappointing outcome, we are certain that the games as service approach will grow in importance as gaming becomes more service oriented. How we go about creating new experiences by incorporating this trend into our game design is a key question that we will need to answer going forward. Reading between the lines, what does that say to you, Adam? He said they fucked up. <laughs> He's talking so much shit about uh, Crystal Dynamics, dude. It's wild. Yeah. He's like, yo, this didn't work, and it's their fault. It's like, ooh, boy. You don't want to hear that from the president of the company. Right? Uh, right? Ooh. Hey, yeah, we're going to... I mean, just saying what we all thought. Yeah. We're, we're not giving up on games of service. We're giving up on, on Avengers. And what this says to me is that, like, don't expect Marvel's Avengers to get better. It is what it is right now. You might get a couple more characters, but don't expect it to get better. They're still doing other games of service, but not with Crystal Dynamics. Somebody mm. else is going to better fit the bill is going to be doing that. So, um, there's, I don't think there's much else to be said. Avengers is not a fun game after you. There's not. It is, if you can find this game for $20 or less and you play through the campaign, it is wonderful. Go play it. Go buy it. Don't don't give any more of your life to it though. After that, my my main question here is that we've got the Spider-Man patches two point two, and I don't know how many more um, characters we have like guaranteed for early. You know, they've announced characters for the game. I wonder if because again, they don't seem very happy with it. Crystal Dynamics. There's like, we, why are we making a game of service? We make single player open world games or whatever. I wouldn't be shocked if in like February or March be like the last patch and the last content update for this game. And they're just like, there's Marvel Avengers have fun. Sorry. And they just like disappear into a closet and you know, they never make a game like this again. I wouldn't be shocked because I don't know what other characters they have. The Black Panther, the Hawkeyes, Spider-Man. I don't think they've announced any other character. I might be wrong. Someone let me know, but I wouldn't be shocked if they stop supporting this game very soon. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at a list right now. Oh, this list is a little bit old, but I think you're right. I can't think of anyone else who's been... Yeah, that list didn't even have Girl Hawkeye on it, so... Um, yeah. I don't think anyone else has been announced outside of Spider-Man. Yep, I think he was the last one. Well, he was announced early. I think Black Panther was the last one announced, but we've already got his right. expansion and all that. I don't think there's anything else. I just... I think it's... I think it's weird... I think you're right on the timeline, like, and with the writing on the wall from the president of Square Enix saying, like, listen, like, we're basically done with this game emotionally, and we're just going through the motions in this terrible relationship that we've got left. Um, but it's weird to launch a brand, like a raid. It's, they're launching a raid, which is a brand new type of content and this huge big thing, and to not, like, experiment more with that or develop more raids, unless maybe they're like, let's even see if people like the first one before we even start thinking about a second one. I don't know, but I, th- I think you're right. I think it's especially like, it's... If, especially if the Spider-Man content doesn't over go over well, I, I think you're right. We'll probably see this being sunset very soon. Mm-hmm. Especially because it's a claw raid, which is just, I'm assuming that's just they're like, oh, this is part of the expansion, the Wakanda expansion. Here's more content for that. And then after that, like, yeah, I don't know if they're planning any content after this. This is my only thing. It's like, yeah, there's, they're doing a raid, but it's a raid attached to the only expansion that they've done. So maybe that's all. Yeah, uh, I don't know. It sucks, but yeah, play it the single player. Play it on Game Pass. Go buy it for ten dollars on Black <laughs> Friday on PlayStation. So you can be Spider Man. Yeah, and I don't know. It's I love I love Crystal Dynamics, and they just did not seem like they were the right fit for this game, but they had to put it out. So, yep. Uh, so while this game is getting sunset, the sun sets long before midnight, and so does. This game coming out way after sunrise. Marvel's Midnight Suns has been delayed. <laughs> Says Rebecca Valentine at IGN. Uh, this is actually a couple of things coming out of Take Two this week. The first of, of a couple that we've got on the list. Take Two Interactive announced that Firaxis's upcoming Marvel strategy game, Marvel's Midnight Suns, which we are big fans of here on this podcast, uh, is being delayed into the second half of next year. So we won't see that until at least summer or fall next year. In a press release, the companies uh, implied that the delay was connected, at least in part, to increases in difficulty of making games as technology has improved. This is the first time where, like, someone hasn't come out and just said, oh, COVID. This is like, oh, no, technology is getting better and it's making our jobs harder. Uh, here's a quote. While we don't take delays lightly, we know that our proven success has been rooted firmly in our player-first approach and unwavering commitment to delivering the highest quality entertainment experiences. We believe it is far better to provide the extra time needed for a product, especially a new IP, to reach its full potential and drive long-term success as a permanent franchise in our industry-leading portfolio. Adam, I believe you've got a tangent scheduled for this part of the podcast. I do have a tangent. Do you want me to respond to what you read, or do you go on my tangent first? I don't. I mean, I don't think we. There's much to say about the game's getting delayed. Yeah, there's not a ton. Awesome, great. I will just. Yeah, I'm very excited for this game. Clearly, I'm the. I was like breaking down the video. I'm like, here's what IGN wrote, but here's what Adam figured out from this trailer. You know, ooh, that kind of a ooh. thing. Um, I'm very excited for the game. I'm fine with the delay. Uh, you know, delays are never great, but 2K or Take Two is the company that I'm fine when they delay stuff. It's never normally bad, right? So some companies are like, we're delaying it, and then it's like, eh, you delayed it, and it still wasn't great, or there was a problem, the game shouldn't have came out. Take-Two, they got so much money, they're like, yo, make sure it's good. They straight up are like, a new IP needs to be good. 
take your time. We've got, we have literally trillions of dollars from GTA online. Don't worry about it. Just make sure it's good. Cause we don't fuck it up. It's just me. I'm like, great. You're the company I'm fine with because I can trust when you say it's delayed. It's because it's getting more money. And it's getting time. Cool. I'm all about that. I'm very excited. The tangent for me, right? Here's what it is. I recently in the last, I think week and a half, I was watching, um, on Disney plus they have all the, like all the cartoons of, event not of you know marvel characters ever made right mm-hmm. um so i was watching their second iteration of avengers and there's an episode where they're like we're gonna meet the inhumans i was like that's right they made an inhumans tv show that sucked ass <laughs> i'm not gonna watch that because the inhumans even that episode of that cartoon like the humans are fucking boring this is awful but then it got me thinking like what other live action marvel shows are there that i haven't watched because i haven't really watched a lot of them and i was like you know what that girl from midnight suns is in the runaways so I started watching The Runaways. I'm on season two of Marvel's Runaways. Ooh, and the girl with hooked. the magic staff is in that TV show. So what I've decided to do, since this game's got delayed, I'm going to look at the roster. And there's a lot of weird characters in there. Of course, you've got Captain America's, you got your Iron Man's. Then you also got Magic from the X-Men, and you've got Staff Girl from Runaways or whatever, right? I, I don't know her superhero name because in the show they just call her by her real name at this point. My tangent, the thing I'm going to do, I'm going to try to watch or read anything connected to Midnight Suns. Ooh. So I'm going to finish the entire run, the entire show of Runaways and read the whole comic because Staff Wizard Girl is in this game. And I'm going to do this all year. So when Midnight Suns come out, I'm going to be an expert on every dumb, weird, dark universe character that they have in this video game. So that is my... I'm saying I it now. It's it. the, the I'm committing to it. So I'm gonna finish Runaways first, and then I'm gonna read that comic. I'm gonna go back and look at the roster. I'm like, all right, I gotta watch and read for this character, this character, this character. So I'm I'm gonna be ready for Midnight Suns when it comes out. I love that, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna have a weekly segment maybe after the game comes out. Like Adam, tell us some information we don't know about blah blah because this game's long. Like. I think when they showed off the Wolverine mm-hmm. stuff, they're like, yeah, you unlock Wolverine. It's like uh, maybe a third of the way or halfway through the game, and it's like 30 hours or something like that into the game. We're like, what? So it's a long game. There's going to be plenty of t- okay. content and plenty of time for you to tell us all about Midnight Suns. I mean, we're going to read Midnight Suns, the comic book. We'll have a good time. Um, speaking of people who are acting in things that you also see other places, yeah. Janina Kavankar. Star Wars Battlefront 2 actor joins Skydance Marvel game, Adam Bankers at IGN. We announced, we didn't announce, we reported last, we didn't even report. We talked about last week that Amy Hennig is uh, creating a new Marvel game over at Skydance. And Gianna Gavankar, who was in the Star Wars Battlefront 2 video game as the main character, whose name I don't know, Aiden Versio? Versio? Aiden Versio. Aiden Versio. Mm-hmm. Um, Announced that she is part of the new Marvel game coming from Amy Hennig, and she did this with a tweet on Twitter saying, quote, I can finally tell you this. Hold on, I'm going to read that as it was intended because some of it's in all caps. I can finally tell you this. This is what I've been so lucky to be a part of at Skydance plus at Amy Hennig x at marvel equals hashtag skydance new media and i appreciate i oh god janina the inner caps on your hashtags are beautiful i think more people need to do inner caps on words and hashtags so that i can read them as separate words instead of all one jumble thank you Mm -hmm. i didn't play the single player of battlefront 2 and from what i understood it was not good 
But was she good in it? Adam, I assumed you played it just because you like the Star Wars and you play video games. Yeah, she's good. Uh, I think the campaign's fine. It's whatever. They made a campaign. It was cool. Yeah, she's very good. She's a very fun actor. Um, so, yeah, she was, she was very interesting. And I believe she's also not part of Star Wars canon. Actually, she is because there is a line in The Last Jedi that specifically mentions what she does in that video game. So she is canon Ooh. in Star Wars. Um, so... Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. You wouldn't know it if you didn't play the game. Um, but yeah, so she was good in that game. I'm excited for her to do any Marvel thing. Here's the thing, a little a little funny thing. When I was looking this up, they're like, here's what Janina has done in her in her, in her um, her um filmography or whatever. It's like, here's this show. She's done this video game, blah, blah, blah. You know what they didn't mention? Nobody mentioned The League. And I was so upset that they didn't mention that TV show. Wait, 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 wait. Who is she in The League? She's Shiva. <gasps> no, Shiva Kaminisawa, what a crunder dunder. <laughs> yeah. She's the Shiva that Blast. Long ass last name. Yeah, she she's the she's what the the trophy is based off of. She oh, is Shiva. That's she's awesome. in that show. Yeah, that's where I know I, her from. And everyone's like, she was in that Ben Affleck movie. And she was like, I don't she's in the league. Yeah, she's in the respect. league. She is a picture on a trophy. It's <laughs> <laughs> great. That's great. That's great. Uh, I told you we had more Take Two news today, and we have one more piece here. Take Two cancels $53 million game. This comes from Eddie McCooch at Not GameStop. Uh, again, as part of Take Two's earnings report, Grand Theft Auto Parent Company said it canceled an unannounced game, which is a weird move because I feel like you don't have to tell anybody if it's not announced that it's got canceled. Keep it to yourself. Right, right. Um, that's, like, that's like coming out on social media and be like, guys, 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 listen. I don't have gonorrhea anymore. I didn't tell you I had gonorrhea, but I treated it and it's gone. It's like, you, you didn't have to tell us. Um, didn't have to say it. Uh, the publisher did not say what the game was. It did disclose that the cancellation cost about $53 million, which again, for Take-Two is a drop in the bucket. They make that much. I think it was, the last figure I heard, it was like, they make almost $3 million a day from GTA Online. Just GTA mm. Online alone. So $3 million, $53 million at the end of this is like nothing. Um, so follow the earnings report, Bloomberg's Jason Schreier reported that the game in question was a new title from the studio Hangar 13, who most recently did Mafia 3. I saw Hangar 13 in the original tweet from Jason, and I freaked out a little bit. Because I remember mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, a story from Jason Schreier that revealed a studio working on Bioshock, and Hangar 13 was part of that story, and then... I went back and found the article, and it was Jason Schreier went to see the Hangar 13 game and learned that the studio right next door was making Bioshock 4. And then I was oh, like, oh, okay. thank God. Thank God it was not yeah. Bioshock 4 that just got canceled. I don't know if I could have handled another Bioshock cancellation after Bioshock Vita. Um, yeah. According to the report, the new game in development uh, was in development in various forms since 2017, was codenamed Vault, like a very good flavor of Mountain Dew. And here's another quote. The current version struggled due to reboots, technological hiccups, and challenges caused by COVID-19, said the people who asked not to be identified because they weren't authorized to speak publicly. The report said, adding that the title was going to feature, quote, superheroes competing in online gameplay. DC Universe Online 2? Who knows? Who knows? Uh, the good thing coming out of all of this, usually when you have a cancellation of something this big in that level of development, there's a lot of layoffs, but this does not have any layoffs associated with it, which is uh, always great to hear. 
Kotaku also obtained an email from Hangar 13 boss Hayden Blackman that said internal tests for the game were actually received pretty positively, but Take-Two decided to cancel the project as part of, quote, industry challenges that could make the game commercially commercially unviable. Marvel's Avengers. <laughs> Marvel's Avengers, uh, you fucking burn that bridge for us. No one else wants a game like this anymore because of you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I I actually don't know if I've played anything from Hangar 13. I definitely haven't played any of the Mafia games. I think it's only Mafia. I don't. You can look it up, but I don't know if they've made right anything now. outside of Mafia that I can think of. I think they're relatively newish. Games develop. Oh, they literally have Mafia 3 and Mafia Definitive Edition are their only two games. Yep, there you go. Okay. Well, then, no, I have not played a Hangar 13 game before. Ooh, in a burn here to Stadia. Mafia 3 debuted on PlayStation 4, Xbox One, Microsoft Windows, and Stadia. Mafia Definitive Edition that came out four years later said, no, thank you, Stadia. We'll skip you this time. We're not on your service. Peace. <laughs> um, so it's, it's a good thing that, you know, it doesn't hurt anybody. Again, Take-Two is a company that it's fine. They'll figure out, right? Like, eh, yeah. You know, $53 million over the course of a couple of years, they'll take that technology and do something else with it. I do like to point out that so I remember we talked about Amy Henning in the story before. I remember she had that Star Wars game that got canceled. And I think people got mad at that one because it's EA and they we heard about the game and they canceled it. But as we see here, like if a game's not working and it's been a long time and it's cost money, like it's just sometimes it's just sometimes it doesn't work out, right? Yeah. So like I know the thing with her game was that they were like four years in development, and like this game is not where it should be after four years. Like we're not even close. And it's just like, how, how much money are we supposed to spend in hoping this game gets better? Just like this. I mean, we never heard about it, but if it's not working out, these are companies trying to make money. So it makes no sense to keep dropping money into something that could never work out just because the fans like Hangar 13. Like, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just glad that nothing bad happened, but sometimes things don't work out and it, it is what it is. It's, it's better for them to cancel a struggling game. And then make something great out of the ashes from it than it is to, like, without their whole heart in it, finish a game that's not going to be great. So, yeah. I think it's going to work out. Um, speaking of rising from the ashes, Holden has a memorial segment here on our show. Anything Nintendo related or uh, Animal Crossing related gets stamped with the Holden memorial segment. And this one is all about Nintendo. Uh, not necessarily acknowledging its crappy online services, but says that it wants to improve online and is planning for the future. This comes from IGN. As part of its latest corporate management briefing, Nintendo has stated that it will, quote, continue to improve and expand both Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo Switch Online Plus Expansion Pack in order to provide services that satisfy its fan base. This comes shortly after they was, there was a very rocky launch for its premium expansion pack subscription service, leading to its most downloaded video, downvoted video on YouTube is the announcement of the new mm. expansion pack as well. Whew. Yeah. During a financials results Q&A, um, David Gibson attended that and reported on it and translated it. Nintendo president Shuntaro Furukawa was asked what he could say about the next-gen device, what next-gen after Switch might look like. Furukawa says uh, he was clear that he could say... It was clear that Furukawa could say very little and that it seems that maybe not everyone at Nintendo even quite knows what it might be yet or has solidified a vision. 
This is a quote from Furukawa. On the next gen, we are not saying uh, we are not saying right now. We are still going through internal discussion on concept, timing, etc., and discussing everything. However, Furukawa did say that the Switch remains in the middle phase of its life cycle, meaning we have several more years at least before Nintendo considers replacing it. Last year in May, Furukawa also said that the Switch was barely halfway through its life, so it may be that you know its big success. It's now sold what I think it was 93 million units. Uh, that's probably going to extend its life a little bit longer for the foreseeable future. So I wouldn't put a lot of stock into a next-gen Switch right now. Buy one if you can find it, if you want it. If you want it. Yeah, not a ton of news in this stuff. It's just like, yeah, they, they like barely mentioned that the Switch Online sucks. And like, <laughs> yeah, we'll improve yeah. it. And then the second one's like, yeah, we're not thinking about it now. But him kind of reiterating, like, we're about the halfway point. So that's, you know, assuming around an eight-year-ish life cycle. Yeah. Um, so I'm very interested to see where it goes. Again, Switch is huge. It's going to end up being, you know, top three, probably best-selling console of all time by the time it's done. I mean, it's already, like, number five or six or something, I believe, with the number. Um, so I am interested to see what they do next. I Do you... I mean, they have to stick with hybrid, right? Like, there's, I feel like there's no way they can go away from that after how successful. I don't know, but then, like, Wii was super successful, and Wii U was nothing like the Wii, except for the name. So, I, I don't know. What do, you, what do you have any idea? I mean, technology will be different in four years, I that, suppose. I that's the biggest thing, is, like, technology is developing, and I don't think they can go back to having a dedicated handheld console with the way technology in general is going, with, you know, phones and gaming and streaming and all of this kind of stuff. I feel like they they have to be... First and foremost, like they have to put all of their eggs in at least something portable, whether or not it's hybrid or something like that, or whether it's a only portable device, like they can't have a dedicated home console again and a portable console. They have to either pick one or make a hybrid. So yeah, I feel like they, uh, again, and also supporting, although we, we see how much they support their old stuff, but supporting like backwards compatible. And like, if I want to play some of these switch games on whatever the new console is, you got to have joy cons, you got to have kickstand mode, you got to have docked mode, you got to have all these different things in order to do that. So who knows? They could just come out and completely blow us away with some brand new concept and then charge us $60 per game to buy it again on that new one with rework controls anyway. So, Oh, probably. But yeah, that is the thing, even with the Wii, what the Wii, the idea for the Wii was, where it's like, hey, it's like these silly peripherals, it's super cheap, and like everyone can play it and it's not difficult. And then Wii U not being that at all, where it's just like, now you have a tablet as a controller, but... Through all of that, they did keep motion controls. Like there are yeah. games that they brought over that still work because they they've kept motion controls the whole time. And you could so, like literally you play with a Wii remote on your Wii U. Yeah, yeah. Outside of the tablet, yeah, right. that's actually what it was. So I'm assuming they will probably keep that technology going forward because it just seems to work in some sort of way. Again, I don't think we'll ever get back to wand and nunchuck, but that technology has been working for them for 20 years. I don't see why they would go away from it now. So next gen would be. Yeah, I, I'm with you. They got to do hybrid because it's done so well, and it doesn't make sense to make two separate ones. So, I don't feel also also don't feel like just a more powerful switch with like better chips also doesn't make sense because they don't do that. Yeah. So I, that'll be interesting. I have no idea. It's gonna be something new and cool, and we're all gonna be excited about it, and then everyone's gonna buy it, and then we're gonna shit on it because like it seems new and cool, but then also somehow it's lacking like standard things for the 21st century. Um, that's Nintendo. New segment from Adam, segment from Adam. This is the time when Adam does a segment. Ooh, 
child. Flipping our Christmas beans. Flip All right, bean. segment. <laughs> My segment this week, in uh, kind of related to me being on Left Behind Game Club this evening, recording that it'll come out in a couple weeks. We'll talk about that more. I was thinking about you. You've been how long? You've been at this game, making content around video games and such. Mm, so Respawn and Fire launched with the Switch, technically with Horizon mm-hmm. Zero Dawn the week before the Switch, which was four almost five years ago. Yeah, almost five. Getting real close to five years yep. ago. So you've been doing the thing. You've been in the game, as they say, for five years yeah. almost. Yeah. So that whole time, my question here is because Left Behind Game Club, they review, is like, again, it's a video game book club. And, you know, they make content around that. Content, content, content. That's what we're talking about. So they've done some bad games. <laughs> I know that, are, that people hate, and they've done games that are great and surprises and all that. So in your content-making career... What game were you most excited to make content about? What game did you end up enjoying the most? And what was the worst thing that you ended up actually ever doing? Or any interesting story around you making content around video games. We want to get to know you better. We've only been here for four years. We don't know you well enough. <laughs> Tell us some more about you. Well, I like this. I like this. Uh, starting with the first question, what game were you most excited to make content on? I think The Last of Us Part Two was that one. And mm. it was because, like, playing that game, first of all, it was, it was you know, looking forward to the best game that I've ever played was The Last of Us Part 1. And now, like, the sequel's coming out. I'm very excited for it. I can't wait. There was the controversy surrounding it at launch, too. So I was, like, interested just to see what that was all about and what the story was and why there was controversy. Um, but I played that game in a way with matt and dallas and jerica there were there were like four or five of us that i was texting back and forth like where are you at in the game oh my god did you just see this happen and so i was like playing it alongside all these other people all at the same time and we all binged it like within like two days i think i was finished like two calendar days i was done with it and it was like 20 something hours of gameplay um so it was like just really exciting and I just felt like, and it's a game that you have to talk to, that you go through so many emotions, you have so many opinions about like where you think these characters are and whether they made the right choices and how you felt during it. And so we ended, like that's why we made, we have two spoiler casts about it because we just wanted to talk about it that much. And so we have one spoiler cast with, I think there was like six or seven of us on it. And then we have a second one after Holden beat the game because he was holding out for, for a couple of weeks on it. And so he beat the game and Mm. we just did another spoiler cast with it and grabbed a couple more people. And I just felt like I could talk about that game forever. And it's one of the, uh, speaking of going back and platinuming God of War Ascension, over Thanksgiving break this month, I'm going to go back and platinum Last of Us Part 2 again. So I can't wait to just freaking put myself through all that turmoil emotionally again. Um, I think that's, that was what I was most excited to make content on for sure. Oh, yeah, when you make two spoiler casts, you're pretty excited <laughs> <Yeah>. about it. So, <laughs> so, um, I guess for me, what was I most excited? I'm most excited to do anything that I mean, we talked about this whenever we were talking about like what are we gonna do, you know, taking Holden's place and all that. I just want to do reviews, man. The idea of like I'm gonna sit down with one particular thing and like go, you know, over everything and like in go into it that always excited me. So the idea of doing a view, period. It excites me just as like I want to sit down and talk about this video game and every little piece and you know like ogres have layers, right? <laughs> onions have layers, parfaits have layers as well, and so do video games. That's what everybody I, loves. I, I enjoy it. That always excites me. Every every little goddamn parfait. <laughs> you ever heard of somebody yeah. say, "Oh no, I don't like no damn parfait"? 
God, Shrek is 20-something years old. Um, what game did you enjoy the most during your time of making content? I the So I think most and worst kind of go hand in hand with, with Barf. Barf is something we decided to do a couple mm. years into doing this podcast. And one, I'm just, it's like... It's my favorite thing because I've discovered I've been obligated to discover a lot of games that are classics or that everyone loves that I never have played or never would have an excuse to play. So I love that that's like just been a thing. So I get to experience a lot of games that I wouldn't normally experience. But I think maybe if I had to pick one game that I enjoyed most was Castlevania Symphony of the Night. But really it's it's been my discovery mm-hmm. of like I think I really love Metroidvanias and I didn't know that before we started Barf. Because going back and playing Super Metroid as our first game for Barf, and then shortly thereafter Castlevania, and I was like, "Fuck, I think I just really love this genre." Um, and then you know, like geeking out over like, "Oh my god, Castlevania Symphony of the Night!" You get to the end, and then the whole world fucking flips upside down, and you have to play through the game again upside down and backwards, and it's a whole second half of it. It's like that if you, but only if you beat it this certain way. If you beat it one way, mm-hmm. the like obvious way, then the game's over and it ends, and you wouldn't even know that there's a whole second half to it. So. Um, and of course, playing that on Vita, where it felt super at home and it was great. Like, I think that is where it I had. was. The game was on Vita. It was, well, I played the PS One Classic on the Vita. Oh, okay, on Vita. Gotcha, gotcha. Oh, yeah, cool. And and then the worst one uh, I think was was uh, Far Cry Four. <laughs> Far Cry Four. Far Cry Four. We played that just because everyone that freaking loved Far Cry, and the you know the announcement of Five yeah. had come out recently. And we were like, oh my gosh, that looks like a really cool game. And I like the direction they're going tonally with it. And none, neither of us had ever played a Far Cry game. So we're like, Far Cry 4 is out. And it was like super cheap on a sale. And I just realized that like so the opposite of Metroidvania is like, I think I just really don't like this type of game. <laughs> I don't like these open mm. world. Everything is a distraction. On your way from A to B, you can get attacked by 30 wolves and a turkey. And like, yeah, yeah so that's, that's and the, that's the uh, funny thing is, we just didn't finish yeah, one. That's like Yeah, that's the thing where that's not even like oh, I just played a game I didn't like. There's probably games you've played that you didn't like as much, but like you were like, Oh, I have to make content out of this. Right. And this is not the thing for me. So it forces you to do a thing that you're mediocre on, which makes you hate it. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Understandable. Uh thing that I enjoyed the most, I guess just kind of the biggest surprise, was when I did a review for Miles Morales. Um and it was the first PS5 game that I played, and I hadn't played Spider-Man, uh, I was going to say 2014, it's not that old, 20, 2018, <laughs> 17, whatever the old Spider-Man was. I hadn't played that in forever, because I didn't have a PS4 for like the last couple of years. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm excited to play Miles Morales, I forget what Spider-Man's about, really. And boy, I loved Miles Morales, it was great on being like the next gen and all the bells and whistles, ray tracing, 60 frames, all that good stuff. And then I just love the story and the character. And it's like, Oh look, a good story with black people. A fucking fantastic. Look how great that is. <laughs> and I had a great time reviewing that. And it was, I think that was one of the first like reviews I ever did. Um, like as a sit down and talk about the game kind of a thing. And I, I loved it. And it was a game that I, I love. I'll say to this day, Miles Morales is better than the original Spider-Man. So, uh, I like doing that one a lot. And the worst, here's the worst one. This was the first time I ever got a code for playing game. One of the first times. I think I, I reached out and got some codes. I was like, oh shit, look, I'm doing it, mom. I'm here. I'm a big time, <laughs> big time gamer boy. And I got some codes for this game. And I think it's called Alto or it's something that um, it released for free on Epic 
game store the day that they also sent me the code. So I was like, I didn't really need the code, I suppose. And I tried to play it. And it's like a fine game. It's like you skate or you snowboard like downhill. So remember like oh, Ski Free Altos or whatever? Journey. Like on those. Yeah. Yeah. So like the game was fine, but I felt an obligation to like actually play it and talk about it because they gave me a code, even though technically it was also free the same day. And I was like, why did why did I bother bother these people so much for this code? Because this game was not hitting. And I uh yeah, I did not enjoy making myself play. And I was also the only one who ended up playing it. So I was like, okay, well, let's talk about this game that I got a code for that no one played that is also not good. So I don't know why. I <laughs> That was adventure. the one. Again, I don't think Alto's that bad. It's just like, well, oh, why? No, what, what I'm sorry. Probably, I didn't ask for codes after that. And what probably turned you off that you might not have realized is that like, it was one of the very first like mobile games, like good mobile games, and it was an endless runner. And mm. it's like just transporting that to a PC and then just like clicking to jump every so often. Like on a game, on a you're sitting on a train or sitting on the bus or something like that on your phone. Like, yeah, this is a great game. But then like you get on your PC mm-hmm. and you're like, I could play this or I could play, you know, fucking, I don't know, Doom. The new yeah, good dooms, not necessarily like the old ass yeah. dooms, but yeah. yeah. I'd rather play the old ass dooms. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was like, oh God, why did I? And I don't think I asked for codes after that. I think I just, was, like, they kept sending me emails. I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. I didn't want to be a jerk, but I'm like, I'm good. I'm just on the mailing list. One extra story about content creation. It's a thing that I don't know if I've told the story. I think I've told it off mic, but never on mic. So I'm just going to be very vague in this. I have a friend who I play fantasy football with that I've known for fucking seven years at this point. And it took three years before I figured out what his job was. And he works in the video game industry. He is a mocap actor and director. And I loved always going to the fantasy football draft. And he told me, I can say it now because it's been so long. I'm not going to say his name, but he told me like, oh yeah, Borderlands 3 is the thing that's going to get announced this year and come out this year. And this was before an announcement or anyone knew about it. I was like, Really? And like he works for the company. I'm like, fucking really? What's going on? He's like, also, there's going to be a DLC for Borderlands 2 before it comes out. I was like, bro. I was like, I hope, I don't know what he's going through. But he's like, don't tell anyone. I'm like, I won't tell anybody. And then whenever they dropped the Borderlands 2 DLC, um, just like, again, that game had been out for fucking five, six years. And they're like, oh, here's another DLC. And here's the announcement. I was just like, I can't tell anybody, but boy, I fucking love that I knew about this before. I should have made bets because <laughs> <laughs> I, I was having a great time. So I don't bet- betray his trust. He's a good dude. But I was like, man, it's cool to know about these games before they come out. It's just a very select games. So I'm like, boy, I'm very happy that you play fantasy football with me. I'm not mad at you at all. That's one of those, like, when you so, finally get that little nugget of like inside information, you're like, fuck. I feel like I'm part of the industry now rather than just like someone on the outside talking about it. Leak stuff to GameSpot. <laughs> just go tell Jeff Grubb. I wouldn't do that, but that's just the idea. Yeah. Hey, Jeff Grubb, I got a thing for you. He's like, I knew about that seven months ago. Like, okay, never mind. <laughs> yeah, I play, I play fantasy <laughs> soccer with this guy and he told me all about it. Don't worry. I was like, oh, fuck. This guy's in so many fantasy leagues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's it. Thank you for that great segment. That was awesome. I like that. Um, you know what time it is now? Time for Game On Game Show. The Game On Game Show. We play a game called Game On. The gaming show on a game show. Game, 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 game. We've got a returning game today called Now Flesh It Out. Now Flesh It Out. Which all of you who listen might know is the game that I go to when I haven't created something. And it's very fast to be able to just think of six games and pair them together. So this is hastily thrown together, and it's still going to be a fun conversation. So now flesh it out. Today's theme is going to be Today in Gaming. So I have three mm-hmm. pairs of games. We mention them. We figure out what might a new game made from mashing these together look like or play like or whatever it might be. 
And one of each of these pairs is a game that released on November 7th, sometime in history. So, our very first pairing here is a PS2 game. Came out in 2005. Little known game by the name of Guitar Hero. Launched on November 7th, 2005. What would Guitar Hero mashed up with the JRPG juggernaut Final Fantasy look like? And literally, hmm. as I say that out loud, I remember there's a game called Final Fantasy Theater Rhythm, which is tapping along to notes <laughs> as they come to Final Fantasy songs. Let's pretend that doesn't exist and come up with something else. Okay, yeah, as I was say, I'm pretty sure there are rhythm games based in these because uh, they've got a rhythm Kingdom Hearts for whatever reason. So my uh, my idea immediately goes to that. I know that it's been in other games, but I played a game called Child of Light, which was an Ubi arcade. Oh yeah, I, think, I know I they get game. this mechanic from other people, but where it's the RPG where things are on a timeline, and it's like an active timeline. So it's like, oh, your fast character goes first in the timeline, and you can bump people. Da, da, da. So think of that that RPG system where it's like timeline based turn-based combat but just somehow put like a rhythm into it just like maybe your people or you're a bunch of bards and you attack whatever just want the combat to be on a timeline and you use rhythm mechanics to like boost your attacks or do something like that but yeah do you the timeline at battle is boosted through rhythm rhythmic gameplay i like that it, it kind of reminds me of like crypt of the necrodancer a little bit or like your movements mm -hmm. and attacks and things like that, you have to do it along to the rhythm. Otherwise, you like fuck up or you trip or something like that. But like yeah. in combat and battle, do that but two D. Yeah, I and I, I love the idea of kind of taking a band. Like you know, they had like the the road show in Guitar Hero where you know you play small venues and then you play a little bit bigger venue, you play a little bit bigger. But it really is just like you're unlocking more songs to play. They're more difficult. I would love mm. like legit story of like you're a dude. You form a band in your garage, you, and the more you play, the more you battle, maybe a little local battle of the bands at a bar in town or something like that, and you get experience points, and you can be like, I want to shred faster, or I want to look cooler on stage, or I want to buy lights for my crew so that we look awesome, Like, and you just like build yourself up until you're like playing at Madison Square Garden and shit. Mm -hmm. It's like that part from Scott Pilgrim, where the, it's the battle of the band stuff, <gasps> Yeah, but just make yeah. that a video game. Scott like Pilgrim that. would be a great like ip to use for that too the sex bombs we are sex bomb one two three four uh number two this game came out in 2006 the following year it is a first party microsoft game called gears of war commonly of uh, commonly abbreviated as gow which is also god of war and also gun out wound um, gun out wound. Gun out wound. There you go. Uh, Gears of War paired with Pikmin. What might a Gears of War and Pikmin game look like? So there's two things in my mind. It's either it's just Gears of War, but you use a Lancer to chainsaw Pikmin. Oh, just just um, literally just character pissed. like asset swap the locust for Pikmin. <laughs> yeah, you just cut him in half. Uh, but then the real thing would be, yeah, it's kind of dark, but. It's like an over, sort of like an RTS style game, but, and you're just like, like the way you use Pikmin, it's like, oh, all the red guys go over there. So it's like, oh, all your shotgun guys go over there. And then you're just like sending these dudes out to like do the special thing that they do as they get murdered. Ooh, kind of like the, like the, um, the Gears Funko Pop game. Wasn't that an RTS Gears game that you could kind of order your troops around? 
I don't remember. I did I play know. it, but it, they've canceled that game. I didn't. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be dope. That'd be dope. I kind of want like a. I kind of want like a really disgusting satanic looking Pikmin. Like I want Pikmins to mm. be just fucking disgusting looking like the locusts in that game. Harley creatures. Yeah, something happens. Maybe Olimar is the final boss or something like that. The guy who controls all the Pikmins and stuff like that. Maybe he's like the final. You know, because he's a spaceman. Gears of War is dealing mm. with space alien locusts. Although, aren't they coming from within the planet? I don't know. There's, spa- there's something involved with space. I can go through the lore, but they're, I guess they're aliens. Okay. Technically, okay. they're not, but they sort of are. Okay, so so. But what about this? Just Olimar lands on the planet that Gears of War takes place on. <laughs> oh, just swap Marcus Phoenix for Olimar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's okay. like, "What's going on?" And just people are getting blown apart. He's like, "Oh no, <laughs> my spaceship!" <laughs> he doesn't speak, but whatever. You know what I'm saying. Last game here. Uh, this game came out in 2000. It is the game that got me. A second Game Boy Color after I lost my first one. It's Harvest Moon 2 Mm. on Game Boy Color. Crossed with Forza. What might Harvest Moon and Forza look like mashed up? Do you grow cars? I don't... Hmm. Here's what I initially... When I I first wrote this down, I try not to think of like ideas so that they can be fresh and we can have an interesting, cool conversation in the moment. But like with this one, I did think like, ooh, what if you were like running a... uh, like an automotive assembly factory. And you're like, ooh, mm-hmm. I'm going to finally get a machine that like will do the rear quarter panel. Awesome. That's going to increase my production capacity. Uh, and then this time, ooh, I'm going to get something that allows me to like pay my workers better so that I can, I don't know, it's like almost Sims making cars instead of necessarily racing. Yeah, Sim like Car that. Factory. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like how the Chocolatier game where it's just <laughs> right. The Stardew right. guy is making where you do a chocolate factory. So yeah, you could just have you, like you, but it's like chibi and, and nice. It's like oh, run your Bugatti factory or whatever, <laughs> and then it's like oh, fall in love with the the janitor because you got to marry somebody in the game. I don't know. You could just have something cute and chibi, but you're just making two hundred thousand dollars sports cars. <laughs> I like that. And then, you know, Forza and Harvest Moon are both famous for seasons. So you could have like, mm-hmm. oh, God, turns out our electric cars don't perform well in cold weather. We got to figure out that challenge. They're not selling very well. We've got to get snow tires out there. Got to recall everyone for whatever is blowing up this time. <laughs> yeah. Here's the crazy one that is sort of not related, but kind of is. So the radiator springs from cars but you're just like managing the town as the cars from Radiator Springs. So it's a town management SimCity sort of game in the world of cars. So Simpsons tapped out with cars. cars. Simpsons tapped out with Pixar's cars. Yep. I'm into that actually. I'm into that a lot. Mater's the little pop-up dude that's constantly No, Mater's not in the game. Get the fuck out of here. No, Mater Mater cannot be in the game. game. No. Have you seen Cars 2? Mater's, that's what it's all about is Mater. No. No, that's why Cars 2 is awful. It's because they focus on Mater. And if they had killed him in the first one. (laughs) Cars 3 is great, though. And there's noticeably less Mater. Oh, Cars 3 is so good. Yeah. It's so good. It's just Days of Thunder. Yeah, it's it's great. great. Freaking Tom Cruise. Uh, That's it. That's it for Game on Game Show. Thanks for sticking around with us. And that is it for episode 232 of Respawn Aim Fire. We have an announcement. 
We talked about last week how our barf segment for November and December, we're doing kind of the same thing we did last year, where we want to use that time, instead of playing old things, to play something new that we want to consider for Game of the Year that we haven't gotten around to yet. So we put up a few options, one poll for Adam, one poll for me on Patreon. You all voted. You, you came out. You showed up. Thank you so much. And you have decided... Now, there's, so there's one game each. We're probably going to play a few of these games, but there's one game each that you decided you want us to prioritize and 100% make sure we finish and have a proper review discussion about it. Uh, for me, you voted for Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, so I will definitely be picking that up on Black Friday and uh, playing through that. And for Adam, you chose It Takes Two, the Fuck the Oscars guy. I really wish there was a, a better way for me to remember like that game or that person, like that studio, but I, they are forever the fuck the Oscars guy. You can't control your meme. It just happens and you got to live with it. You're right. You can't control meme. You're not my real dad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my real dad got me beans for Christmas. <laughs> nice. That's it. That's it. Um, if you want to vote on future barf games, if you want to go get cool wallpapers, play with us on game nights when we have them, like go to patreon.com slash respawning fire. Float us a little buck. One dollar US. I don't know how, how much that conversion is in Canadian or, or other locations, but... It's like $400 Canadian. Four, four, 400 Canadian people uh, just, to, just to subscribe on Patreon. Um, that would mean a lot to us. And again, your task, your homework that we haven't asked you to do in a while, except for maybe last week, if I can remember correctly, is go to YouTube and subscribe to us on YouTube. And if you don't do it, then you're going to have a bad Christmas. I've decided. Oh, don't want if you don't celebrate oh, Christmas, Santa's going to come to your house and say, why don't you believe in me? And he's going to throw coal at your head while you sleep. <laughs> Kick it in your front door. If you do celebrate Christmas, you're only going to get freaking 10 year old tamagotchis but all the batteries in them are dead so you think it's a great gift but mm. it's not by 10 year old i mean those things are like 25 years old that's it thank you so much everyone thank you adam for joining me again this week uh in your normal role that you do every week love it and until next time, everyone, here's our usual sign-off. Happy Honda Days! Happy Honda Days!